The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, Where did this man get all this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph, and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his native place, and among his own kin, and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deed there, apart from curing a few sick people by laying hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. The scriptures for the past few weeks on the Sunday readings has encouraged us to to much reflection on the aspect of our faith. And today we see a sort of practical implication of how do we actually live our faith out. In short, we're given the question, whenever my will is not thy will, how do we respond? It's Archbishop Sheen who beautifully said that the will of God is like a vertical arch and the will of man is often like a horizontal one. And when the two meet, they form a cross. Because whenever thy will be done is something different than what I desire, what I anticipate, what I expect, oftentimes it is for us a cross. It's a burden. It's something that we have to wrestle with. And try to respond to gracefully. So how is it that we respond? For reflection, we have two examples given to us in the scriptures today. The first example is how not to do it. We see it in the prophet Ezekiel that we've read first. And how the Lord God is sending Ezekiel to this people. The Lord God says to him, the Israelites are hard-hearted. They're obstinate of heart. They're rebellious, and they've been revolting down till today. Year after year after year, they come with hard hearts to me. First of all, that the Lord continues to send prophets to them is a sign of God's immense love for us, that he never gives up. But it is the recognition that the Lord God says to Ezekiel, to whom he's sending to the Israelites, he says, go and and preach these words. And whether they accept you or not, whether they heed your, your, your message or not, they will know that there was a prophet in their midst. And so it was a recognition in the Lord God that whenever he conveys some revelation to the human person, all of us have the option of to heed the Lord or not, to follow or not. We see a similar thing in the, the descendants of the Israelites and the second not the second reading, the gospel reading today, of how the Lord comes to his hometown, the place where everybody knows his name. They know his his story. They know his life. They're comfortable with him. 
They know Jesus. And whatever they, you know, presumably the first couple of days that he's there, he's visiting with everybody. He's kind of catching up, you know, seeing how everybody's doing, this kind of thing. But the day comes where the Sabbath has come upon them. And the Lord goes to the synagogue in the area and he begins to preach. And we know that when Jesus preaches or teaches, he does so with authority. He doesn't do it like the scribes and the Pharisees where he submits himself as lower than the law. We know that whenever the Lord speaks, always he, pre- he speaks as the one who is the lawgiver, as the one who makes the law. And so hearing the Lord and hearing about the things that he had done elsewhere and hearing this tone of authority and wisdom that he shares, the people are scandalized. They're astonished. Who does he think he is? Where did he get this special wisdom that he has? Where does he, who, who does he to take up this authority that he teaches with? Not even the leaders of the religion do that. And yet Jesus has done it. Don't we know him? Mary's son, the carpenter, Joseph's son. We know his, his, his brothers and his sisters are here. Side note, they didn't have a word for cousins in the scriptures. Uh, so they use brothers and sisters synonymously. So this isn't, aren't, aren't his family members here? We, we know who he is. How is it that he can do this? And because of their inability to recognize the will of God was contrary to their own understanding of how God should do things, they harden their hearts to him. They're unwilling to receive the word of Christ. They're unwilling to be able to receive the teachings of God. Their hearts become hardened. And Jesus was not able to work any mighty deeds. He was only able to cure a few sick people. Maybe they had a stomach bug. But nothing miraculous. Nothing incredible to write home about. And it was simply because of their unwillingness to allow Christ into their hearts. And this is the thing for us to recognize and to see in the scriptures. That to the extent that we... Harden our hearts to God. We refuse to let him work within us. Oftentimes, I know for myself, whenever my will is contrary to the will of God and I don't handle it well, it becomes a place of frustration, a place of anger and resentment, whining and complaining, often to other people. Some of y'all are the recipients of that from time to time. And the reality is that when I don't give myself and open my heart to Christ, it becomes something where I cave in, I close in, and then it just begins to fester. There's no peace, there's no growth, there's no holiness, there's no conversion of heart. And this is not what the Lord desires of us. He desires our peace, He desires our holiness. We see the proper response of how to encounter the cross whenever it comes to us in the example of St. Paul in our second reading today. Paul shows us how to do it in an affirmative way. He's writing, he's talking about this thorn in the flesh that he himself has received. Now, many, many pages of ink have been spilled, much ink has been spilled on the question of what is the thorn in the flesh? He describes it as an angel of Satan. 
So some suggest and take him at his word of that literal thing that as he went through the course of his life and his ministry, there was a, basically an angel that plagued him, that, that, that tempted him, that frustrated him, that, that persecuted him over and over and over again. No matter where he went, this demon continued to fight against him. Others suggest that it was maybe a physical illness or a debilitating disease that he had. How he desired to be healed of it because he saw it as hindering his mission, hindering his ability to go out and to spread the good news. Some suggest that maybe it was particular sin, the sin from his own past life that continued the temptations of which continued to resonate in his heart. Or maybe it was just the thorn in the flesh of the knowledge in his mind of what he had been in the course of his life. That he had persecuted the church and killed Christians. And every now and then it continued to pop back up this unworthiness that he had to be an apostle. Regardless of whatever the thorn in the flesh was for Paul, the simple fact is he shows us what to do with it. When his will was not what the will of God seemed to be, he brought it to him. He said, Lord, I've got this thorn in my flesh. He brought it to him not once, not twice, but three times. Persistence in prayer. The basic element of the spiritual life. He brings it three times and he says, Lord, free me from this thorn in the flesh. Take this away from me. Heal me. And the Lord God says, no. My grace is sufficient for you. It's enough. St. Paul recognizes that the weakness that he experiences, in the words of Jesus, becomes a source of incredible strength. It shows him and it shows other people that the weakness that he has, that the, the, the power that he has in preaching the gospel is not himself. But it is the Lord working through him. His weakness becomes his strength. And he comes to that realization because he took the thing that was frustrating to him. And he brought it to the Lord. He took the cross, which he had longed to get rid of, and brought it to Christ. And the Lord responded. And this is what all of us are supposed to do. Whenever my will and the will of the Lord don't seem to match up. In short, when things don't go the way I desire. Bring it to Christ. And allow him to respond to it. Sometimes, whenever we bring these thorns of our own flesh to him. He takes them away. And those are great days. (laughs) Those are times where we rejoice and we pour out prayers of thanksgiving. But there are other times where the Lord says, no. And those are the hard times. The times where we really have to show forth our faith. That despite all the things that we experience in this world, that the Lord is still with us and he's doing something even if we can't see it. And this is where it gets real. The real test of faith. Sometimes the Lord shows us, like he did with St. Paul. The reason the thorn is there is to help you to be reliant upon me. Sometimes whenever we experience our own thorns in the flesh, and we bring them to the Lord, if he doesn't take them away, he at least helps us to understand them. Maybe this is why it's here. Maybe this is why the Lord hasn't taken away. And yet again, sometimes not. 
And here it requires of, requires of us even greater faith. That as we bring these things to Christ and we desire him to take them away from us. And if they are not taken away from us and sometimes they are not even explained to us. We simply have to trust. To trust in God. To acknowledge that the will of God, the mind of God, the wisdom of God is far beyond our understanding. And difficult though it may be seen, we come and we trust. It takes much faith, especially at that point. But the good thing that we hear, especially in the scriptures today, is that this faith isn't something that I do. When I'm my weakest, I am the strongest. Because in my weakness, I recognize it. I recognize I can't do a thing here. And that's when Christ takes over. That's when Christ truly becomes our strength. And he helps us to continue to walk. One foot in front of the other. Following after him. So this is the call. Every one of us has a cross. Sometimes you probably feel a bit like myself. That rather than one thorn in the flesh. It feels like we roll around in the thorn bushes a bit sometimes. And there's so many things we could ask the Lord. Please take it away. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. The most important piece, however, is that we're willing to speak to him about it. Not to close up our hearts, but to open them wide. To find peace. To find rest. Simple because we know the Lord loves us and he desires our good. And so as we come to offer this holy mass, we give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love. That as many times as we might fall away from him, as many times as we might push away from him, as many times as we might close our heart on account of the thorns that we receive in our flesh, he never gives up on us. He continues to reach out to us. And if we're willing to trust in him, even the smallest of bits, he can do great things. And so we ask him to continue to increase our faith, to help us to trust in him at all times. To come to him and to allow our hearts truly to mean as we say, thy will be done.